Max Freed to the IL. Who do you trust more, Kyle Wright or Bryce Elder? We got that question and many more on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast there at Lockdown underscore Braves, where you can submit questions just like you did for today's mailbag episode. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching there, hit the thumbs up button as well to help support the show and grow the channel. Thank you so much of over 7,000 subscribers on YouTube now. Can't thank you enough for all that and making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. And if you're an everydayer, let me know down in the comments section below on YouTube. On today's episode, it is our Mailbag Friday. So we got a lot to talk about, a lot of questions to answer, and some pretty big news with Max Fried going on the IL. What does that mean for him in regards to the postseason? We'll discuss all of that. Before we do, though, I want to remind you this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB or enter promo code LockedOnMLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. All right, we got the big news on Friday morning. Max Fried is headed to the IL with you know more blister issues, something he's dealt with his entire career, and Look, uh, I don't get the opportunity to say I told you so too often because first rule in marriage, you never say that to your wife. But I said after the fifth inning last night, take him out. No reason to send him back out there. And, you know, the report uh, from David O'Brien of The Athletic says it, you know, reappeared in that sixth inning last night. This may have been the plan all along. Uh, you know, very well they could have said, that's Max Fried's last and final tune-up. Let's get him rested and ready for the postseason if there's – any kind of lingering issues with this blister, that makes all the sense in the world. You put him on the injured list now, and just this is to clear up and answer this question, you put him on the injured list now, he can come back before game one of the NLDS. So this doesn't take him out of the postseason. It doesn't take him out of the NLDS. So if there were you know, any lingering issues with that blister, which can only really be healed by you know, not using it and by getting off of it for a while, makes all the sense in the world to just go ahead and, and shut him down and let him get rested and healed for that postseason, which I said coming into his start last night, that is the biggest thing. I said, let him get his five innings, get him out of there, keep him healthy for the postseason. And putting him on the ILs, while not ideal, is certainly one way to do that. But I just I didn't understand putting him back out there for the sixth last night in a, in a blowout game after he had a stressful fifth inning. And again, if that was the cause of this blister reappearing and maybe it was going to come back either way and maybe they were going to shut him down either way as uh, kind of kind of a tough one to swallow right there but again doesn't affect you know postseason necessarily now we had the situation last year you had Spencer Strider dealing with the oblique injury going into the postseason and they had to shut him down for the end of the regular season and he clearly wasn't himself coming back now oblique a little bit different then a, a blister, again, blister will, will heal when time, and that's exactly what Freed's getting here. So I'm not overly worried about this. I think 
It makes a lot of sense. Just shut him down. He's gotten his work in. He's good to go. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of rust when he comes back, not pitching for a couple of weeks. But, look, there was going to be almost a week off in between his starts anyway. So uh, that was always somewhat of a concern. And Max Fried, the veteran, and he's been there before. So I, I really – my concern level with this is not all that high. Now, this continues to happen throughout the postseason. I think it's something he can pitch through. I think you can pitch through a blister. Maybe you can't be quite as effective, but uh, and I've never had to try to do that, so uh, I can't really say for sure. But again, my panic meter here is not very high on this. But again, last year went into the postseason, free coming off an illness, Strider coming off an oblique. You hate to really see this, you know, happen again that he's having these blister issues right now. But you got a couple weeks to set him down let it heal up, and get them ready for the NLDS. And I think that will happen, and I think that will be the case. So getting that out of the way, let's jump into your questions. We got several here from, from Cavs, Buckeyes, and Bellfire. Uh, the first one says, less of a question than a comment, but I can't wait for, for this 40th bomb from Ronald so I can dedicate a beer to his once-in-a-lifetime season and stop being anxious about number 40. Um, and I'm right there with you, although I don't drink, but I'll, I'll, I'll pop open a Coke or whatever. But uh, I am anxious for this 40 at home run. I cannot wait for him to get it. And I hope it comes soon because you get down to that last final weekend and he still hasn't gotten it. And then you think that pressure maybe ramps up a little bit, which maybe could be good to kind of get him in that postseason mode. But I hope he does it sooner rather than later. I hope it comes you know, over the weekend in D.C. Go ahead and knock it out. Um, and then I think there's a question about this later, but if he does knock that out and maybe gets the two stolen bases, then I think maybe you do rest him a little bit. He's already, you know, broken his streak of playing in all 162. So I think if he does reach those numbers, makes sense to kind of rest him a little bit. I'm still a little surprised they haven't put him in the DH spot here a little bit more lately, but maybe that's an effort to try to get Ozuna going as well. But yes, I cannot wait for him to get that 40th home run. Uh, again, you cannot miss in a bat right now. I think it's must-see television when he's up to the plate. Another one from Cavs Buckeyes says, not sure Snit would want to play uh, a lineup he hasn't had all year, but how would you feel about this in October? Acuna, Harris, Riley, Olsen, Ozzy, Ozuna, Murphy, Rosario, Arcia. I think that's your ideal lineup. And I said this at the beginning of the season. I said, if Michael Harris proves that you know, last year wasn't just a fluke rookie season. If he comes back and he's that same type of hitter, he's your ultimate number two guy, especially against a right-handed pitcher. If against a lefty, you want to move him down in the lineup, that's fine. Last night, you did see Snickers sh shake up the lineup a little bit. He put Harris six and, and adjusted the bottom of the order. I, I don't know how I feel about that. He had a good game and everything worked out with the offense, so certainly uh, you know, the results speak for themselves, but if you're not going to bat Harris second, I kind of like him in that nine hole to get on base in front of the top of the order. I think that just sets things up a little bit, you know, more nicely for him to produce, get on base, and get some speed for, you know, Riley and Olsen, Ozuna, those big guys there. But I do think that's probably your ultimate, you know, optimum, optimal lineup. If everybody's, you know, playing and clicking, I think that's, you know, your top five to six batters in the order. I've said all the time, that I like Ozzy better down in that fifth, sixth spot in the order to drive in those runs, give you some speed in the middle of the lineup as well. Um, but, you know, he's played perfectly fine in the two-hole. I don't think that's been a huge concern. He just has his hot and cold streaks. But 
Yes, uh, Acuna, Harris, Riley Olson, Albies, Ozuna, Murphy, Rosario, Arcia. I think that's probably your best lineup to put together. Bellfire says, "Is it? It's wild to me that the Braves have Olson setting season home run and RBI records being overshadowed, and legitimately so by Acuna's season. Has there ever been a team where the league home run and RBI leader played second fiddle? I, I doubt it. I did not take the time to look this up, but I can't imagine." That's the case, and that's why you're going to see both of these guys finish in top four of the MVP voting. Uh, Matt Olson, we talked about this a little bit on the postcast last night, me and Grant McCauley. Make sure you get the postcast over on Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube or in your Lockdown Braves podcast feed. But uh, we talked about it, the fact that, you know, just the season he's putting together is Olson. that is, is just, it's incredible in its own right. But what Ronald's doing is just historic on a, on a baseball level, you know, Matt Olson setting Braves franchise records, which is huge accomplishment. Ronald's doing, we'd never seen before. I mean, we've seen 50 plus home run seasons before we've seen 130 plus RBI season before we've never seen a collection of what Ronald is doing. And it is overshadowing Olson a little bit. And I think he's okay with that. Uh, and he would tell you, you know, Ronnie's the MVP and he's a special player, but, it is a little bit of a shame that it's somewhat overshadowing, at least nationally, maybe. I think Braves fans understand the season that Olsen's having and how great he's been. But, yeah, I think nationally, maybe Olsen's getting a little overlooked with the season that uh, Ronald is having. And like you said, you know, legitimately so, because what Ronald's doing, we've never seen before. I right, got a lot of other questions to get to here, including some about Kyle Wright and Bryce Elder. Who do you trust more right now? We'll answer those questions and more next. I got to tell you about my new favorite shorts. I got them on right now. I'd show you, but that might be a thirst trap. I'm talking about my bird dogs, stretch khaki shorts. I hardly ever take them off. I wear them on just about any occasion because they're perfect for any occasion. I went on a walk earlier uh, with the kids, wore my bird dogs. If I go to their school, go to out to the grocery store or whatever, I can wear my bird dogs because they're so comfortable. They fit so well and they feel so good as well. I love it. They got that uh, anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which I certainly appreciate, especially coming through the hot summer here in the South. Absolutely love wearing these shirts and I can promise you, you will too. Bird dogs are functional, like I said, for any occasion, golf, date night, eating out, pool, workout, lounging, whatever it may be, you can wear your bird dogs and feel good about it and feel great and look great, which is good as well. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. You love the convenience of getting what you want right at your door. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $20 minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off 
your first order with DoorDash. The Braves will be back in action on Friday night at 7.05 p.m. Eastern as they play the Nats. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. Jumping back into the questions here, this is another one coming from Kaz Buckeyes who says, Thoughts on Travis catching most of Freed and Strider's latest starts? I'd be shocked if they don't like working with Murph, but if they're more comfortable with Travis, could that cause a dilemma in October? Murphy is the choice at catcher, but what do you do if your aces want Trav? If your aces feel more comfortable pitching to Travis Darno, then you catch Travis Darno. I love Sean Murphy, and I've said all year long, I think when the postseason comes, Sean Murphy catches every day. But if your aces come up to you and say, I feel like I'm more comfortable with Travis back there and I like throwing to him better, I think you got to put Travis back there. I mean, especially when you're talking about, you know, your aces and guys that you you need to win with and guys that, you know, you feel more comfortable are going to give you an opportunity to win if, you know, they have somebody back there that they trust. Then I think you have to go with Travis. And I believe it was Mass who made the, a good comment a couple of, or several podcasts ago about the relationship between Max Freed and Travis Darno. And I apologize, I did not go, go back and look this up, but I believe, and Mass can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, that Max Freed has a better ERA, a significantly better ERA when Travis Darno is catching him. And again, if that is the case, I think it makes sense, certainly for Max Freed starts to put Travis Darno behind the plate. Reason being, you can say the bat is maybe somewhat equal. I'd argue Sean Murphy, you know, obviously gives you more power, and I think he'll come around. I don't think the every other day thing has really helped either guy down the stretch, really getting a rhythm offensively. But I do still like the bat of Murphy better. But even if you want, want to say that's a wash, I, I think you can make an argument that Travis calls a better game, but there's certainly no argument that Murphy does a much, much better job holding down the run game. However, if Freed is on the mound, he shuts down a run game himself because he's one of the best in all of baseball, especially as a lefty, holding runners on. He's great with his pickoff moves. So that kind of neutralizes Murphy a little bit to where if Freed really does have, you know, that better chemistry with Travis Darno, I have no problem if in the postseason you want to make Travis Darno Max Freed's primary catcher because the big advantage of Murphy is that he can shut down a run game just with the threat of his arm. Well, Max Freed can shut down a run game with the threat of his pickoff move. So that kind of neutralizes Murphy a little bit to the point where I'd be fine if you want to put Travis Darno behind the plate for Max Freed's starts. So Again, if I'm the manager and I have a pitcher coming up to me that says, I feel much more comfortable with Travis Darno behind the plate, especially if it's one of my aces, then I go with Travis. And I still think it's going to be Murphy that catches most of the games. Um, but again, I'd, I'd listen to what my pitchers are saying in that regard. And there's no proof or evidence that that's been said. Um, but again, if the pitchers were saying that, then I would go with what my starting pitchers are saying. Um Cavs also said, how concerned are you about the Max Free Blister situation? I do not like this at all. I kind of I touched on that a lot at the beginning. I'm not concerned with it all that much because blisters can heal. And they just need time to heal. You got two weeks. I think that's plenty of time to heal up. And, you know, I think Max Freed's got plenty of work under his belt now here towards the end of the season that he'll be ready to go. Do I like it? No. Am I overly concerned about it? No. 
Uh, Bellfire, as you have said before in the postseason, the swing and must miss stuff tends to play up. With that in mind, do you think the Braves could use a three-man rotation in the playoffs with Elder, Wright, and maybe A.J. Smith-Shawver available to take long relief if a game goes south quickly? So we talked about this the other day as well. For the National League Division Series, you can definitely go with a three-man rotation, and I think the Braves will. I think they'll go Freed, Strider, Maybe you go Strider free to free needs another day, but you know those two in some combination in games one and two, and then Morton in game three, and then you can flip right back around and use you know Freed Strider however you lined it up to begin for potential games four or five if you need to. So in the NLDS, you certainly can get away with three man rotation because of the off days. Can't do that in the NLCS, but certainly in the NLDS you can. Uh, in the NLCS. If we get there, you're going to need a four starter. And, you know, at that point, you just got to make a decision between Elder and Wright. But I do think you have those guys on the postseason ro ro uh, roster. I still would like to see A.J. Smith-Shawver get an opportunity. I know they're call calling up Vines uh, in response to the Max Freed move, but I still would like to see A.J. Smith-Shawver get a chance. Maybe Vines is that guy. But I like having those guys in there in case something does go south quickly or somebody gets injured. You, know, you got a freak injury like Charlie Morton in the World Series or you get a broken leg in the, the third inning, whatever it was, and you can bring in a Kyle Wright or a Bryce Elder or Darius Vines or an A.J. Smith-Shawver. I certainly think it's going to be good to have those guys on the roster for those situations. Hunter says, how likely do you think Charlie comes back next year? Do you think once Ronnie gets 40 homers, he will get some off days? So. Um, how likely do I think it is that Charlie comes back next year? I mean, I know this is a cop-out. I put it at 50-50. I mean, his own comments after they clinched the regular season, I know had a lot of people questioning, is he really going to come back? I kind of read into it. It may just depend on how the season goes. I think he loves this group. I think he wants to see these guys win it again. I think he wants to be a bigger part of it. I just mentioned the fact that you know, I had to leave that World Series early after he broke his leg, and he still got the ring. He still got to play in it. It's not like Acuna where he didn't get to play in it at all, but, you know, to get there and somewhat be a part of it and then have to sit out the rest, I'm sure that stings a little bit. So I, I kind of think if the Braves win a World Series, you know, he's a, a big part of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of rides off into the sunset. Um, and if it doesn't happen, then maybe he comes back for another year. But, you know, there's so much that goes into that that we don't know, family situation, all of that. Charlie's a smart guy. He's going to sit down and figure all this out after the season. But I, I think it's 50-50 uh, is what he could do. And it, it may depend on how things play out the rest of the season. And I talked about Ronnie maybe getting some off days if he does reach 40 homers. I certainly think that makes a lot of sense, at least getting him in the DH spot, get him off his feet a little bit. Joe Barnes says, probably unlikely unwise, but with so much right-handed starting pitching coming up, could we see the Braves dangle Elder this winter? In another world, I think he's a Tim Hudson light, but if we hit on Waldrop, Schwellenbach, etc., should we maximize his value now? This is a great topic, and it's probably one we're going to explore more in the offseason. I don't know what Elder's value is now. I mean, the guy's an all-star, but you know, teams are certainly going to look at the second half of the season where he's a 4-7 ERA guy and say, you know, was that fool's gold at the beginning of 2023? So I don't know how high his value is at the moment. What are you looking to get for Bryce Elder? What holes are you looking 
to plug because right now one of the biggest holes is starting pitching depth and elder gives you that. So again, I just, I don't know that the value is that high. Like, you know, if you were thinking of maybe trading for an, an everyday left fielder, let's say, I don't think elder gets you that. You know, maybe elder is part of a bigger deal that gets you that, but I, I don't think the, I don't think the value on elder is high enough that it would be a big splash move to trade him. I hope you know, that makes sense, but I, I just don't think you're, you're trading elder for an everyday left fielder at this point. I, I think most people, most teams view him as I do. And probably the, the Braves do as a, a solid fourth or fifth starter, which is valuable. And I think it's more valuable to the Braves than whatever they could get for him in a trade. So again, we'll probably dive deeper to this in the off season, but for me right now, Unless the team's just coming up to you and saying, we need this Bryce Elder guy. Here's you an everyday left fielder. You know, here's a couple of really good prospects. I wouldn't move him. I think the depth that he provides you is more valuable than what you could potentially get for him in a trade. Hayes B, who has a better chance of being a starter in the bullpen on the postseason roster, right or elder? So this was part of the headline, and I'm, I kind of buried the lead here getting to this question, but who has a better chance of being the starter in the bullpen on the postseason roster, right or elder? If both guys are healthy and both guys are at full strength, right is a better pitcher than Bryce Elder. I'm going to go on record and say that. Kyle Wright is a better pitcher than Bryce Elder when at full strength. I, I don't know the rights there. And it, it all comes down to who do you trust more right now? And if we're just talking about coming out of the bullpen, I may still lean Kyle Wright. Because if you're bringing in a starter out of the bullpen, that means something's gone wrong. And I think Wright gives you the better chance of coming in like he did in the 2021 World Series and putting some zeros together. I don't know that I have a ton of confidence in Kyle Wright doing that right now. But again, we got to see, hopefully he's going to get two more starts here in the regular season and hopefully he gains that confidence to where you do feel better about that. Elder, I think if you're going to use him, you use him as a starter. See if he can get you four or five innings and keep you in the game. It's not – I don't view him as a guy that you bring in out of the bullpen to keep a game where it's at. And I think Elder would be a guy you'd bring in out of the bullpen to give you some bulk innings in a game that's that's maybe out of hand. But in my mind, Wright has better stuff. You know, Make that clear up front. Wright's the guy I bring in to say, you know, this guy, let's say Charlie Morton doesn't have it today. He's only able to give you three-plus innings, but we're still in this game. Kyle Wright, can you come in and give us two or three other innings, put up some zeros, and hand it, give our offense a chance to come back in this game? I think I still feel more comfortable with Kyle Wright being that guy. I know that's kind of a convoluted answer because if you're asking me right now who would I trust more to start a postseason game, Kyle Wright or Bryce Elder, I'd probably say Bryce Elder just because I haven't seen enough of Kyle Wright coming back and I just I don't think he's fully back to himself right now but if you're talking about who do I trust to come out of the bullpen and and put up some zeros and keep you in a game for two or three innings I'd probably say Kyle Wright um, so again I know that's probably a confusing answer but uh, to answer your question who do I who do I trust more being that starter in the bullpen I'd probably say Kyle Wright if we're talking about a guy who's going to come into a game out of a bullpen to try to give you bulk innings to keep you in a game uh, because either a starter got injured or just didn't have it early, uh, I, I'd say Kyle Wright. 
hopefully that answers your question, but sorry if I made it even more confusing. And then Brendan says, with Ozzy's defense seemingly getting worse each year, what do you think about trading Ozuna and having Ozzy be the DH next year? I don't think they're trading Ozuna. Uh, as great a year as he's had, look, he's he's become a good guy in the clubhouse. I don't know how. Uh, I'm not in that clubhouse. I don't know. But guys seem to love him. And that's the biggest concern with the – it's not the biggest concern. The biggest concern with his off-field issues is that those are big issues that he just as a person needs to correct. And hopefully he has, but the biggest issue baseball wise was, does that become a cancer in the clubhouse? And it doesn't seem that's the case. It seems like the guys love him. It seems like he's become somewhat of a mentor to some of the younger guys in that clubhouse. So that's no longer an issue. I still think teams would be hesitant to trade for him. He's only got one year left on his deal and he's become a really good player and a really good piece of this Braves offense. So I don't think they're trading Ozuna and Ozzy's way, still way too young, way too skilled to just take him off of second base. I think Ozzy needs to do a lot of work in the offseason. He needs to do some wash work down there in New Orleans, and he's got to figure it out defensively. Again, I don't know if the shift rules going away and changing really mess things up for him or whatever, but you're right. He has gone back defensively, but something he just needs to figure it out. Something needs to change. He's way too good. He's way too young, way too athletic to be as bad as he has been defensively this year. So, no, I don't think he needs to go to DH. Who are you replacing him with at second base? You know, you're going to put Nicky Lopez out there and and his bat every day and put Ozzy in the DH. How does that really make your team better? So, it's up on Ozzy. He's got to figure this out defensively. Um, all right, I had another question here uh, that I need to get to for, uh, YouTube. Um, but thank you so much for submitting those questions on Twitter. I do really appreciate it. A lot of great questions that we have on here every uh, week. So thank you always for submitting those. There was a question um, that I didn't get to on YouTube that I wanted to save for this podcast. And I apologize. I've tried to uh, do a good job of asking those on YouTube. Um, but Brett says, Brett on YouTube says, Daily Listener here. Love the podcast. I have a question for your Mailbag Monday. It's Mailbag Friday. No, no harm, no foul. Uh, I know we talk a lot about Strider and the development of more pitches in his arsenal. As we've seen with his changeup this season, I was wondering what you think the most effective pitch would be for him to add if you had to choose only one. I personally think a fastball variation like a sinker would make him absolutely nasty and would give him the ability to generate double play balls. Would love to hear your thoughts. I think you're you're on the right trail there. He's got you know obviously the big fastball. He's got the slider moving. Uh, down and away to righties. He needs something that's going more north and south. And if it can go in towards a righty like a sinker, then great. You know, either a two-seamer or a sinker, I, I think that would be fantastic. But I think the changeup is a great pitch as well and certainly one he's already, you know, working on and, and developing. I think uh, I think a splitter would be the most devastating thing that he can learn. If you could learn that pitch and be able to throw it you know, effectively at a pretty good velocity and it has a drop on it. You know, if I could go out and get a, uh, you know, a Shohei Otani splitter or, or something like that and add it to what Spencer Strider throws and you have to all of a sudden worry about, you know, upper 90s fastball and then a splitter that's going to drop off, you know, the plate, then that's devastating to me. I think that's probably the most devastating pitch he could learn. I, I don't know how difficult that is to learn, but certainly wouldn't put it past Spencer Strider. But Something that has more, you know, downward movement, something that has more break into righties. I think certainly, you know, that's the type of pitch he needs to be looking to develop 
long term. Like I said, I think he has that with a changeup. He just needs to, you know, gain more confidence in it. But you know, a sinker, splitter, something like that, uh, I think would just be absolutely ridiculous if he were able to you know, gain one of those pitches and not just gain it, but be a pitch that he can trust and he knows that he can throw and feel comfortable throwing. I mean, just watch out. I mean, that's just completely insane. Especially look at the home run balls going up this year. If you all of a sudden have to worry about a pitch that's dropping down in the zone, uh, I think maybe that helps, you know, alleviate some of the home run balls that he's given up this year as well. So great question there. Wanted to get to that. Sorry, it took me a minute to find it there on YouTube. All right, next, we will turn our attention to the rest of the weekend where the Braves are taking on the Nats, hoping to get some more wins and pad that lead for the home field advantage throughout the postseason. We'll discuss all of that next. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube TV and YouTube. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Also, visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Braves will be back in action at 7.05 p.m. Eastern on Friday night against the Washington Nationals. Continuing that series, catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. On Friday night, it'll be Charlie Morton versus Patrick Corbin. So, big start here for Charlie Morton. Want to see him finding that command, finding that control. That's really the biggest thing for Charlie Morton right now going into the postseason Look, I, I know he's had an up-and-down season for the Braves. I understand Braves fans that have frustration with him. I still think he's been more good than bad, but it's just when he's bad, he's given up four or more runs. But, you know, he's certainly – he is what he is at this point. And I know a lot of people have, have said they're worried about the back end of the rotation. I, I – <laughs> I challenge you to go out there and find a number three starter and, and see how many number three starters out there are as good as Charlie Morton. And especially when Charlie Morton is on When Charlie Morton's on and he's got that curveball working, he's getting those chases. He still has the capability of going out there for six, seven shutout innings and striking out, striking out nearly 10 batters. I mean, we've seen it. That's what he's capable of when he's on. It's just when he doesn't have that command, he's walking the world, he's hitting batters and he's giving up, you know, those double, those, those home runs with runners on base, then it's, you know, it's the frustration that we've kind of seen for, for two years now, but I still, you know, believe in him. I still believe he's capable of going out there uh, and dominating a lineup and it's a good opportunity for him to do so against this Nats team. So hopefully this gets him back on track. As for the Braves offense, 10 runs on 18 hits in the first game of this series, and now they face a lefty in Patrick Corbin, a guy that they have absolutely destroyed over the past several seasons now. So, uh, again, a good chance to pick up another win here. Give yourself a little bit more cushion in that home field race that they have going with the Orioles and Dodgers right now. It's a good opportunity for that to get the bats going. Some guys at the bottom of that order that need to get going, Arcia, Rosario, um, you know, guys, some of the catchers, Murphy, uh, Darno, get those guys going as well. It's another good opportunity for that and hopefully a chance for the Braves to pick up another win. 
Again, that game will start at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. It'll be Morton versus Corbin. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of A Locked On Braves. Thank you so much for making this your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 